0: organized and scheduled plus BYU safety Malik Moore tells us what Jay Hill has challenged him to do to help him reach his NFL dreams women's soccer's tab to win the big
1: 12 plus new strength and conditioning coach Michael Davy on why he left the Milwaukee Bucks for BYU men's hoops
0: welcome to BYU sports nation presented by the BYU store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere it is Thursday August 10th I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan who You look ready for photo day just like BYU football was yesterday.
1: BYU photo, uh, you know, took a bunch of pictures of the guys yesterday. They took like an outdoor photo of the whole team, which they haven't done in a couple years, I think, which is pretty cool. But Kalani Stake had uh, some real nice uh, advice on what not to do (laughs) on photo day from his experience. Don't ever trust somebody when they say play around and take a, a, a picture no one will ever see. So, me as a fullback took a picture of the Heisman pose, and I regret every day I see someone wearing the shirt that people keep promoting and putting out there, selling, making money on my likeness. Well, Kalani just promoted it again, uh, so that that photo is out there, and uh, I believe we have it, um, which is a really fun one. I don't know what year it was oh, for him, yeah. but yeah, like. Is, is that like freshman 94, Kalani? Is that 97 off his mission? I, You know, I don't know exactly. Oh, 97. There you go. From okay, it.
0: 1997. There you
1: go. He's a sophomore off a of mish.
0: Listen, BYU had just come off of a 14-1 season where they finished number five in the country. Everybody's it, feeling great. Everyone's
1: feeling great. He's coming off a of mish, yeah. spiritual high. Boom!
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a fun shirt. I love that.
0: He told a fantastic story the other day to me uh, about Lavelle Edwards in that era. And you brought up his freshman season in 1994. He's like, I was at Hawaii. I was ready for my first game. I was just, here comes the legend Lavelle into the locker room. And he, like, says, men, grabs his keys, and he's like, oh, it's going to be some object lesson with the keys or something like that. And, you know, kind of hesitates and looks at the crowd, and then, and then he just – Kind of itches his ear with his keys. (laughs) Puts his keys back in his pocket, and he's like, all right, uh, let's give it everything we have today. Let's have a prayer and go play football. And he was like...
1: <laughs> that was it? Okay. And that team went 10-3, and <laughs> beating Oklahoma and Notre Dame.
0: Oh, like That was a really good B-O-A I thought that was so funny. He just, re- he just ready for the object lesson like, with all the keys. It's going to be all time. You well, know, just wanted to itch his ear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a key
1: is not my first thing. I'm grabbing to itch my ear, by the way. That's funny.
0: Oh, really funny stuff. And, uh, yeah, let's get uh, Kalani potentially a cut of uh, those, you know, the... The proceeds that go from the t- T-shirt. Listen,
1: Royal Army can work that out. Okay, that's true.
0: we we'll figure The it out out. friends of Royal Army will figure that out. That said, all rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. It's the Big 16. I still call them 12. A wildly bipolar turn of events. to, Yeah, reach 16 teams in 2024. Big 12 conference. It's getting real. And let's get real. What's Trending presented by Feast Donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. With the Big 12 now officially at 16 teams in 2024, logic would tell you that the conference is understandably considering either divisions or pods. However, it's going to work out to determine a champion, to make it the most fair, the most equitable, and frankly, the most fun, the best product on the field. Yeah. Right? Athlon Sports Specific projected which divisions or what divisions may look like in a new 16-team Big 12 with three potential alignments. They went east-west, north-south, and then a 10-year success model to which they called balanced divisions. Now, Jerem, let's throw out just Athlon Sports other than the fact that they – kind of put out their model, and let's, let's give the people our models. If you were in charge of building the Big 12's divisions. I am.
1: They called me. It is up to me. Or
0: otherwise, how would you do it?
1: So I, I don't want divisions um, because I want di- diversity of games. Okay. I want BYU to be able to play everybody in the Big 12 often. So I don't want divisions per se. So Although, you don't want the
0: eight-team divisions where you play seven games and then you get two from the yeah, other side every year. It's
1: just not enough of the other teams. OK, although you can form a lot of uh, competitive rivals quicker that way. I see that. But just for diversity of games and opponents and and travel and whatnot, I would I would like there to be pods only. That is four groups of four. So here's what I would do with it. And I'm going straight geography here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And this makes a lot of sense. Iowa State's kind of a tricky one here. Obviously, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State and BYU should be in one. And then I'm calling it. I'm calling that West. Um, they don't have to have names. This is just for this. this is the West. Pod. Colorado, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Yep. And then the East. Uh, UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati. I put Iowa State in there because they're they're the closest to those other three. Um, and Iowa then,
0: State to Cincinnati is not a very far trip.
1: Yeah. It is. Everybody's far to UCF. Um, West Virginia, Cincinnati, not terribly far, comparatively. And then the four Texas schools make mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, so that's, that's how I would do it. So then you play your pod. You have three games, right? And then you play six against other teams. I would go two versus each pod. And then you can rotate through that. So that means uh, every other season you're playing everybody. And yes. then every four seasons you're hosting uh, the other uh, teams from the other pods. And you're playing once every four years there. So you get every four years the cycle of a student athlete in the league if they're there the whole time. They get a play at least one road game, one home game against everybody. I like that. And then in men's hoops, I, I would go, um, I would go a pod as well. Same, same pod idea. And then you play everyone else once, alternating every other year. So then you get the 18 league games. Okay. And then you you play everybody every other year. Um, or you, pl- yeah, you play everybody every year, but you get them at home, home or away every other year. Yes. So so you have some kind of balance, and among 18. Everyone's getting out to everywhere. Now, they did not do that same thing in women's volleyball, by the way, um, where they play, I think it's 18 games. They did like, and you'll see this in men's basketball. You play like six twice, and then you play six teams once. So they chose uh, in this 23 season where it's 14, mm-hmm. a unique look at it. I wonder what they're going to do. Again, I'm not predicting that the Big 12 will do this. This is what I would do. Yeah, it's if, what you want. If I was asked. And again, Brett Yormick asked me, this is what's happening. No, I, I wish. But uh, I'm excited to see how it shakes out. But I value sort of playing more teams more often than, like, let's just shovel everyone into two visions and, and divisions and figure it out. If you don't have division, Spence, it, it is a little trickier to figure out the tiebreakers because you're going to have multiple teams with sure. the same conference record who didn't play each other. Then it's just straight up whoever's ranked higher in the uh, playoff committee's poll. Like, what what metrics are used for that? There's no, like – net basketball equivalent in football that is recognized as sort of the sorting tool. So I'm not sure, but I'm I'm not going to be too distraught, I don't think, over whatever they figure out. It's just exciting. I'm I'm just straight-up happy to be here, (laughs) if you will, in the
0: Big 12. Our pods are exactly the same. Nice. There may be a, a nuance here and there. Texas Tech is the closest school to BYU outside of the three newbies. Or the four newbies, I should say, from the Pac-12. But before Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah came into play, Texas Tech was geographically the closest yes. school to BYU. And so maybe there's something there. If they want to break up Texas, they could switch Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and,
1: I doubt and they do, do something like that. Like
0: yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma State is without a rival now, so they're kind of able to just be wherever, move mm-hmm. wherever, because they don't have to have like that. Natural rivalry tie, yeah. But our pods are exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, you gave them names. You called it the West and the Plains, Texas, and then East. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of BYU playing Utah and the Arizona schools every year. And then the cool thing about the pod is, if you play nine games, like you're getting two from all of the other three pods. Okay. It's a very simple. So scheduling you want that approach.
1: two? The two from the yes. Other three. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like. In the Plains pod, one year you're taking on Kansas and Kansas State, and then the next year in football, you're going to take on Oklahoma State and Colorado. Yeah. Like You're playing everybody at least every other year. And I I really (laughs) like that approach compared to if they went to true divisions. And for what it's worth, I would set it up as an east-west scenario.
1: As opposed to north-south. I looked at
0: the north-south thing, and I was like, oh, north-south is kind of fun. Like, you could draw that line, but... Then you've got West Virginia and BYU in the north, and that just it just feels weird. It's just so far away.
1: Yes. It's weird. And that's inherent with conference expansion, that you're sure. just going to have some distance. Like, ask uh, Stanford and Cal if they go to the ACC. Sure.
0: I mean, so for
1: uh, – USC, UCLA.
0: I would opt for a west-east if they went to divisions. Okay. Again, this is option two. Like, we both want pods. But yeah, if I'd, they went divisions – Yeah, I agree with you. I'd rather keep some geography in play and, and give teams the capability to – not travel as many miles but so in,
1: one Texas school in the Big 12 West.
0: Yes, because Texas Tech because what I was going Texas to they're so, they're close to gotcha. the Arizona schools and they're relatively close to BYU because they are in West Texas. Yeah. The East Division, Baylor, Houston, TCU, the other three Texas teams, Oklahoma State gets in there, kind of flip-flopping with Texas Tech, and then you naturally in the East, you've got Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and Central Florida. That's a, that's how I would set up the East Division. And the West divisions to help with travel, help minimize some costs in that regard. I know it's a new age; everyone charters flights, like it doesn't. But it it takes a toll on the athlete if you've got to constantly tra- like travel across the country.
1: Not in football um, as much, In the other sports because it's six trips. That's all you're taking. But in men's basketball and uh, women's volleyball, where they're playing more games, sure. like women's soccer, they don't play as many games as you think. It's not like. 31 no it's like it's like tennis
0: and yeah, swimming that's and where
1: it can be tough uh yeah it can be tough base baseball uh there's a lot of travel
0: sure yeah so if the, yeah the divisions yeah I, I don't like it com- i prefer the pods and competitively
1: i think there will be balance i don't think there will be imbalance like there has been in the big 10 in the sec there's been great balance which by the way the sec sound if i read correctly is going to blow up divisions here in like a year as well. Big 10 is going to run with divisions this year, and then they got to figure out what they're doing when USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington come in. They're 18 schools. Like, how do you figure out tiebreakers? How do you figure out who the top two teams are if they're all tied? Like, like the Big 12 competitively, I, I don't know that there's going to be too many years like last year where the TCU was just the number one team because undefeated, but Kansas State was on their heels, right? Is how do you figure out when there are four teams that are 9-3 and three who's playing for the Big 12 title, and maybe two of them didn't play each other? Like, what do
0: you do in that? Ask case? the Pac-12 last year when Utah somehow, because of like four tiebreaker rules, found themselves back in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable how all of the things fell into place and the yeah. cards aligned. But that's the type of scenario you're talking about. Like, how do you? How yeah. Do how do you that? figure that
1: out? So I could see where yes, we need divisions to just get make that easier. But but you risk that being oh one is imbalanced, and perhaps that imbalanced one is the one BYU is in and it wins a la. Wisconsin in the Big Ten where they would have, like, three losses, but they would go and play Ohio State and lose, but they were in the Big 12 title game one game away from the Rose Bowl. Or if Ohio State goes to the playoff, they were going to the Rose Bowl anyway. Yeah. So that goes away with the 12-team playoff, that sort of opportunity to go to the Sugar Bowl, which is where the champ of the Big 12 goes.
0: Yeah, and I thought about that too as I put together the divisions of the East and the West is, okay, if I've got Texas Tech and Kansas State and Utah and BYU – in on one side, that's it that feels pretty good because on the other side, like who knows what Cincinnati's going to be? Who knows what Iowa State's going to be? Um, I was so I was trying to figure out like because okay, you want balance and you want geography.
1: There's no great team like it's the land of nine and three, eight and four. Yeah, that, that's what this league feels like. There may be some ten and twos, but I don't see a lot of eleven. No, there teams. might
0: be eight, you know. seven, and five teams in the conference this year. Seriously. Perhaps. We'll it's see. it's wild. Make a bowl game. That's all we need. Year Get away. to a bowl game. And that starts with beating the Bearcats. Not Cincinnati.
1: Countdown to the Bearcats.
0: 23 days.
1: Michael Jordan's worth.
0: The Sam Houston State Bearcats in 23 days at LaVilla Edwards Stadium. Three weeks. Yes, from Saturday. Away. Yeah. Okay, then. Three, okay. Three weeks from Saturday.
1: Okay, topic two. Women's soccer pick to win the Big 12 in the preseason hey. coaches' ball.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. What do you think, man? I'm surprised. I wanted it to be this way, but now that I see the list, I, I'm frankly, I'm a little surprised. Why? Because BYU is the newbie. Like they're so powerful. Yes. They've got a great program. Jen Rockwood has built like this juggernaut out West and TCU is a good team and TCU is ranked higher in the preseason coaches poll. Like they're a top 10 right. team. BYU was not a top 10 team. Has
1: TCU put up Close. what BYU's done in the past few years? No. no, no, no. BYU is clearly the best team in the league. Um, are they going to actually win the league?
0: I don't know, but the we'll co- see. Because the coaches <laughs> had to. Do, this is a coaches poll. And okay. So I thought there might be some bias toward uh, we like TCU. We'll put BYU number two, but the coaches have bought in on BYU.
1: Okay, BYU's first by a point, by the way. Yeah, it's 156 close. points to 155 for TCU to 152 for Texas. So BYU was almost second or third. So the top three are really high up. This is an improved league. Granted, Santa Clara probably would be the you know, a a year or two ago, would be the second pick or even first in this league with BYU. So the WCC at the very top was very high. Pepperdine for a minute was very good with Lynn Williams, who was on the USA team. Um, I I, uh, agree with it, given what BYU returns, given what BYU did last year with the Sweet 16, the year before that, getting the national title game. They bring back a ton of uh, that group that went to the College Cup. Yes, BYU should be the preseason pick. I'm actually surprised it was... As close as it was, I thought BYU would be the really? first season pick by a little more. Really, I think people get it. In the coaches in that league aren't the media or the fans. See, I thought they if, understand if the me- what BYU is in now, soccer. Now, if
0: the media were voting, I w- I would have been more inclined to believe that BYU would be picked to finish first. There's not enough people that care about women's soccer like you and I. Like, but the coaches, because there's just an innate bias. Like, uh, I'm, I guarantee there are a few coaches in the league that are, that are thinking to themselves, BYU doesn't know what they're getting into but BYU's like yeah we do. Well, we feel I don't, like we do know what we're getting.
1: I don't into. know if the Big 12 understands what they are getting into when they come to pro. Bowl. It's interesting. Like it's the number one attended uh, you know attendance in the country. It's uh, big time TV in the past. You know it's going to be on ESPN Plus. Uh, this is yet to be announced, but ESPN will come in and do some games for uh, soccer and volleyball, which is exciting. We'll, we'll announce that when uh, ESPN does as well. But yeah, th- this is a team that look look at that in the in the would be Big 12 ranks last year. Like Yes, BYU's legit. I get it. And now, now BYU has to go out and prove it. But this program deals with success really well. This program is more ready for success than football is. Like last year when football gets to number 12 and goes to Oregon, that was a really tough moment in the season, dealing with that success. BYU did not deal well with that. Well, they weren't
0: healthy either.
1: They weren't healthy, and in the end, they weren't actually that meriting that. At the time, yes, it's all about it in the moment. It's not about um, you know, what your rank is based on how things are going yeah. in the moment. But women's soccer and women's volleyball know how to deal with success in a way that's – and cross country – that some of the other sports need to uh, learn to do a little better.
0: Are there any cons to being number one yeah, in Yeah, the target on one. your
1: back and, hey, you're the newbie and whatever. But BYU is used to this. They're used to every game being like, oh, we're, rank, we're ranked in the top 20 and the team's coming after us. Like, all the time. What does BYU do in its exhibition games? Last year they go to North Carolina. Well, they're going to Rutgers to today. They go to Rutgers, who was a five seed in the tourney last year. Got upset, by the way, to Brown. But like, they challenge themselves in an amazing way. Like, can you imagine um, the exhibition for men's hoops being? Yeah, we're going. We're going to Duke. Yeah. No, yeah. it's we play a team you haven't heard. Like that's how you do it in that sport. Um, but women's soccer, man, they. They're ready for this. Like, they're absolutely ready for this. This team is loaded, yeah. and they're sweet 16-plus good.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll add this. When we had Brent Anderson on the show a few weeks back, we talked about the pressure of dealing with a target. And, and if BYU is picked to finish first or second, like, how do you maneuver through that? And, like, how does it affect your ambitions and, and your goals as a team? And he quickly pointed out, look, we've been to the national championship two years ago. Like, obviously a conference championship is very important for our team. But they have their sights set on something bigger. And so being picked to finish first in the Big 12, like, I'm sure is great for them and this validation. But I believe them when they say, well, we don't care. We want to get back to a college cup. They'd we, rather we want to go to the Final Four.
1: They'd rather, yes, they'd rather go to the Sweet 16 than win the Big 12, I think.
0: We want if to you advance. Have, if you
1: only have one, we
0: want to advance in the we, tournament. We'd rather have an further. elite
1: eight and take third in the league.
0: Sure. Who cares? Like they like, would, they would take an elite eight over a Big 12 championship all day, every day.
1: Yes. Although they want both. Like winning Why a Big 12 both. can give you a better seed, which gets you in a position to go. Put you a
0: in run. way better yeah. home field position. Totally. But if you're making
1: only one, you you take that run in the tournament. Yeah.
0: Fascinating stuff. Hey, you picked to win the conference in women's soccer. In First team. Run. First Love team that. to be picked to win the league. Will they be the first Big 12 championship team? We'll see. Our question of the day: back to the, the division and pod conversation and how things may be organized with a 16-team conference. This, is in light of Athlon Sports putting out something recently, and frankly, Jeremy and I have talked about this a lot too before the article. From you Athlon.
1: have probably written these down as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have figured it out for yourself.
0: <laughs> how are you hoping the 16-team Big 12 is organized and scheduled? in 2024 whether that is divisions pods regions east west north south you tell us at sf garrett says if it's pods then it should be like this and he has everything color-coded and i believe jerem he agrees mostly with us although he has iowa state in the plains pod and uh, Oklahoma State with three Texas schools, but he has added Houston yeah. with UCF, West Virginia, and Cincinnati.
1: It's going to be awkward for somebody because there's a lot of distance there no matter what. So you just kind of have to pick which team's going to be with the That's not a obvious bad setup. East three.
0: I mean, Houston to Orlando is like a two-hour flight.
1: Yeah. I would think Iowa State to Cincinnati would be similarly close yeah, yeah. or closer. Very,
0: very close. Maybe closer. So
1: someone Yeah, someone's got to be the homie with the other three. <laughs> like... If they go pots, who knows? They may not. They may go divisions, then it's not. as What's big a the deal. flight
0: from West Virginia and Cincinnati to Orlando? That's that's probably two hours. I mean, they're like essentially on the same line, the same parallel line, right? Yeah, like it can't be that far. So how are the winds?
1: <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> the the easterlies. I, how, how do they the, affect this? How are they
1: affected? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Kevin
0: Lunt on Instagram ads as Jeremy looks 2-10, up these. It's two ten, by the way.
1: Cincinnati to Orlando. Great.
0: That's not bad. easy flight. That's not bad. It's like BYU going to Texas, okay? Yeah. Anywhere in Texas. Yeah,
1: we don't want to hear it now.
0: Kevin Lunt on Instagram says, East-West makes sense, but I was excited to join the Big 12 to play teams like Kansas State and Oklahoma State, not Arizona (laughs) and Arizona State.
1: True. Like, we've been building ourselves up to play more of that. BYU has a history
0: with these teams, so you're right. It's not as exciting naturally. It's like, it's not new. All the new stuff is fun because it's new. Yes. Right. Yes. He continues. I'm still just excited to be eating at the big kids table, though.
1: Yeah, it's that's a big deal at Thanksgiving. Sure. When you move up a table. Hashtag. But, that, but then you're like, oh, I don't really I'm not that interested in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to go play with the cousins.
0: <laughs> it's true. You, well, you, what want, is this? you want the adult table to have a kid conversation. You're talking about
1: Roth IRAs or whatever. Like this. One.
0: Hashtag BYUS on a X, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, just moving there.
1: After further review of returns next week, uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon continue. Meet the players. Get to know the players, like the Rapati, John Nelson, and others. What was his name? Nelson, Nightmare, Nightmare Nelson. N- Nightmare Nelson. Nelson. You can watch Tuesday, seven Eastern, on the BYU TVF.
0: Up next. My one-on-one interview with BYU senior safety Malik Moore, how, how has his new defensive coordinator Jay Hill impacted his game and challenged him to make the NFL as BYU BYUSN?
1: BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by FeastBox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play in Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Malik Moore is healthy. He says he feels fast and ready for the upcoming season. And frankly, Jerem, he has been challenged by his new defensive coordinator, Jay Hill, to take his game to another level, not just on the field, but specifically with the X's and O's and the mental aspect. That and how he's now utilizing that challenge to chase his NFL dreams are included in my one-on-one with BYU senior safety, Malik Moore. Malik, we are a little more than a week into mm-hmm. training camp for BYU football. You've done this a bunch of times. Too many times. Yeah, right? A lot of times. So what's different about this team and this camp compared to the several previous camps you've been involved in?
3: Uh, for me, it's just more of a sense of urgency, you know, because for one, it's my last one. For two, it's a it's a different type of demand from the coaches, you know. Like before, you know, I could I wasn't going through the motions, but I've been there done that same routine over and over, so it's like easier for me now. It's the time for me to adjust and to do a lot thing a lot of things, you know, more differently with a lot more urgency, with a lot more knowledge and uh, but yeah, that's really about it. Still fall camp, fall camp going beat you up, but it's a matter it's up
0: here to be honest. How is your role changing in the new defense under a new defensive coordinator, Jay Hill? Uh, I have to be more of a leader like I got to know not just
3: my assignment, but I have to know everyone else's assignment I got to be able to get on the board write down what the ends are doing the linebackers, you know the corners I got to know all that so it's not just you know me doing my job Which makes me want to go through the motions It's me now I have to apply when I'm learning, you know in the film room to the field and it's not just me now. It's Everybody mm-hmm. so I think that's the the biggest thing that's changed with my role, you know,
0: well, it's one challenge to just accept a new defense and have to understand the dynamics and everything that goes into that in the preparation. But you're also coming back from injury, and so I mean, trying to get that twitch back and that fast pace back. How are you feeling in regard to the health and and that yeah. twitchiness and and how fast the game is?
3: Oh yeah, I feel good. I mean, I'm a fast guy too, so yes, it ain't too <laughs> <laughs> it ain't it ain't too fast for me. But uh, yeah, regarding the injury, you know, I was still – able to run and everything too back then it was just more so me not wanting to play with a cast on and come back and actually play injury free you know so um, not a change you know I still got my legs you know I'm still running around flying around trying to to make the Big 12 shape you feel me yeah
0: Yeah. well and again you bring up the Big 12 and I'm glad you say that because when the injuries happen obviously you're devastated like you want to get back and play immediately but then you go big picture, and now because you stuck around, you do get a crack at the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So, how has that motivated you specifically this off season?
3: Oh, it's like, it just makes me want to just go harder, you know. Because we not saying I'm still fighting to get to the NFL, you know, that's always the goal. But now it's like, okay, now we get to chase that ring, and we get to chase, you know, all these other P5 teams that everyone talks about, and everyone, you know worships and stuff, but now it's our time to really come in and show you, like, all right, these guys not, I I shouldn't say that on camera, but, like, (laughs) you know? We got to put our best foot forward, and that's what we're going to do, period, point blank. You feel me? I get it.
0: (laughs) Jay Hill has made a huge impact on not just the players, but the staff, the whole feeling, the vibe of the defensive side of the ball. But for you specifically, how has he changed you as a player in the eight months that he's been involved with BYU football? I'm, I'm just more knowledgeable. Like he just, like I said before,
3: he just demands, you know, a lot more things in the film room. Like, it's not just your assignment. You got to know football. If you don't know football, you can't play in the game. So now I'm just adjusting to me and learning, you know, more football so that the game can slow down a lot more, and then it's an easier transition for me when I am going into the NFL. You know, so I think. With Jay Hill, that's the biggest thing is you just can't go out there and be athletic. You got to go out there and be athletic, be smart, and to be able to apply it on every single down. So I think that's the biggest, biggest thing.
0: When you look at the other safeties in the room, and obviously there's just innately a competition during mm-hmm. training camp as you ramp up for the season, right, you're right. pushing each other to get better. So at what point do you transition as, okay, now we're a team and we're a group, Compared to, oh, I'm kind of competing against you. Like, when when does that happen?
3: I don't think it ever changes really for me, because for me, I'm just acting as if I'm still at the bottom, even though I'm as of right now I'm with the ones. I got to play as if it's my last rep of the practice, or I'm a I'm a four or five or three. You know, that's the mindset that I have, and I got to keep having because at the end of the day, he's a, he's a new coach. I still got to do my job and to show th- him that I can play and give him trust he's not gonna just he's not gonna just trust me because i was a starter last year he's not i have to build that trust with him so i think with me i'm just always competing throughout the whole season because you can lose your job no matter what whenever so i can't go out there thinking i just got it i gotta
0: keep going keep pushing you know well you're a guy that obviously can self-motivate keep a chip on your shoulder to help you kind of work harder and push harder and i and maybe you don't care about this but because BYU was picked to finish 11th out of 14 teams in the Big 12, how do you view that from the preseason prognostications? They hate him, <laughs> but BYU always an
3: underdog. Like that's just how it's been every year. We always get picked to lose, no matter how high ranked we are or whatever it is. Like that's just that's just it. So I I think for me I'm like I'm used to. It. I don't really. Even look at it no more. I'm like, yeah, same old, same old. And then we go out and play, and then we finish 11th or 20th or whatever it is. And it's like,
2: oh, they were good.
3: And it's like, all right, keep that over there. Y'all was just hating. <laughs> so we're going to keep it, we're just going to keep it pushing. Like, whatever they say, they can say, that's just opinions. And the only opinion that Deion said the best, the only opinion that matters is yours. So I ain't got to worry about what they thinking.
0: So. Malik, I'm I'm getting some serious mature vibes from you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, like like mature vibes, okay? I okay, not be here for a minute, huh? <laughs> I like this. But you know, back in I'm not gonna call them immature days, but younger years, we you you made a play for Wingstop, and it oh, kind yeah. it, it happened, right? So what can I do for you this year? Like, is there is there a restaurant that we need to like mm. hook up with? <laughs> is there food you're craving mm. right now? Maybe it's just the BYU Creamery and the Cougar Tail Donuts. I don't know, man. What, hey, what do you want?
3: What I want? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I said five guys in the interview too, so I mean, if y'all, if y'all trying to throw that, throw that bag of fries at me, come on. <laughs> it don't matter. So uh, like that's shoot your shot, right? Hey, shoot or shoot.
0: Yeah, you shoot. You miss every shot. You don't shoot. <laughs> Malik, we appreciate the insight yeah, and the information, my friend. Great to talk to you as I'm always. I smell like no maple. All oh, right, sorry. No more smelling like maple. Apparently, I smell like maple in this interview. Go eat, man. I'm hungry.
3: We go. I,
1: I was standing right by you, and I could smell it as well. I don't know where it was coming from, <laughs> but it smelled delicious.
0: It smelled like a freshly... Baked batch of Cougar Tail Donuts. I, literally, that's what it smelled like. To
1: probably. Me. Well, if it smelled like maple syrup, but, yeah, maybe it was the maple. on the, Anyways, we should probably acknowledge this graphic. Uh, the safeties. Okay, yeah, Malik and Mike Harper look like starters, right? Ethan Slade and uh, Talon Offrey as the backups there. This is the group who's been here for a couple of years, and Malik broke his hand, redshirted last year after the four games. Mike got a lot of good experience there. Former corner, only freshman on that 2020 yeah. defense. So, yeah, there's there's some talent there. Certainly the the depth needs to be there as well should there be inevitably injuries. Safeties get hurt. Like they're up there in the box sometimes. They're roaming all over. They're making hits. They're uh, uh, creating havoc. Yeah. So hopefully that group can continue
0: to uh, deliver. So a few years back, uh, at the time, it was, I believe, Elisa Tuiaki uh, who said it. But he kind of said the safety position kind of needs to be like a superhero for BYU football because they have to, have to do nice, a lot of uh, things. And so, yes, yeah. I, I got my Captain America shaker bottle here because – There you go. I feel like the safety position, I agree with Coach Tuiaki. Like, they're asked to do so much and be super versatile, especially in this BYU defense, certainly with Coach Tuiaki's defense because he had him doing a lot of different things. That's not going to change under Jay Hill. Like – the safeties are gonna be asked to do a lot of different things, whether you know it's nickel and disguising things. And Malik said, like in this defense blitzing. We, we need to know everything. We truly need to be the quarterbacks of the defense. Yep. So it's a lot to ask. Let's go. Cool. I think Malik's up for the challenge.
1: Okay, Saturday, check out the number 13 VOA women's soccer team. They play Rutgers tonight, and then they come back home and play Idaho State in the final exhibition game. Watch this one on BYU TV and ESPN Plus, 9 Eastern Saturday night.
0: Hey, remember Jaron Hall? Yeah. And how he plays for the Minnesota Vikings? I do. Yeah. He's going to make his NFL preseason debut tonight. That's exciting. What are we expecting from Jaron Hall? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
3: Your radio app.
1: Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. We've got Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads so far.
0: Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines.
1: BYU football training camp continues. Practice number eight today. The Cougars had a photo day yesterday. Team activity at Top Golf. They're preparing for a closed scrimmage on Saturday. Also, Ben Bywater named to the. Buttkiss Award preseason watch list for the best linebackers in the country. He's won of 51. He has led the Cougars in tackles his first two seasons here.
0: Former BYU quarterback in a draft pick in the fifth round of the Minnesota Vikings, Jaron Hall and his BYU teammate Kairos Tona, who is also with the Vikings, take on Jerem Seahawks. See! Do you care if the Vikings win tonight? Because no, I don't care preseason about preseason games, no. So it's you're care. cool if Jaron and Kyra just dominate. I want Jaron.
1: Yes, I want five touchdowns from Jaron and five sacks. From Jaren.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Jaron will make his obvious pro- professional debut in the preseason. You can watch the game 10 Eastern live on NFL Network. I love that he's got a BYU teammate up there in Kyra. That's Tona cool as
1: well. That's cool. That's awesome. Number 13, BYU Women's Soccer, picked to win the Big 12 this morning in the coach's poll by a single vote over TCU right above Texas. Cougars play, when I say vote, I mean point. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cougars play an unbroadcast exhibition at Rutgers tonight, 7 Eastern. Rutgers was a five seed in the NCAA tournament last year. This is a tough exhibition. game.
0: Daniel Schneeman, still doing his thing in AAA baseball, had an RBI double last night for the Columbus Clippers. He has extended his hit streak to six games. He has been dynamite all season.
1: And men's volleyball player Anthony Chiffon announces that he has transferred to UC San Diego.
0: Those are today's headlines. Let's offer up some opinions. And whip it! The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. UCLA
1: head coach Chip Kelly in football had some interesting ideas for the future of the sport. He said, quote, recently. Notre Dame is an independent in football, but they're in a conference for everything else. Why aren't we all independent for football? Take the 64 teams in power five, make that one division. Take the 64 teams in the group of five, make that another division. We play for a championship, they f- play for a championship. No one else gets affected. Our sports different than everybody else. We only play once a week. Travel's not a big deal for football, but it's a big deal for the other sports. What do you think?
0: My only concern here is football is the conduit and the channel for essentially the rest of the university sports to be able to function. So if you somehow separated football and all of those teams went independent and there was a break off from the NCAA, because I feel like you would have to break off from the NCAA to do this. They're
1: essentially broken off in football already. The NCAA doesn't even run and everything. They just get the money.
0: Like if there are no more conferences, it's just 64 teams like broken off. How does the funding work for the other sports within all of the other school programs? Like that. I think
1: that sport could still separate and you'd still operate as BYU football still with BYU. I think that could still function from a financial I see. I
0: think point. BYU would do, he, I I think would do it. I don't know that all the other schools would
1: do You can't realistically undo the leagues, though. That ain't happening. How do you do that? By the way, independence, not that great. We, uh, we, we know this. Not that great. Like, it was better than what we had, but it wasn't the best.
0: We know. Speaking of independence, Brett McMurphy of the Action Network reporting that independent Notre Dame is pushing hard for the ACC to invite Stanford and Cal into the conference. Uh, Explain the
1: irony of this, Jeremy. It's like your single friend going, yeah, yeah, you two should totally get married. It's like, well, why are you pushing me? (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's... i I don't know notre dame is such a powerful entity they're the only team that could reasonably do this at this time and still make enough money um without being in a league i mean if alabama went independent sure they'd be fine too but i mean like of everyone else who's not that interested to go into a a league like byu tried it byu thought maybe it could be notre dame yeah points like people thought that i don't think byu felt that way i never felt that way like notre dame is Uh, in a league of its own in in all reality
0: yeah i I like that analogy in fact i was thinking i'll take it one step further i thought of like notre dame is the marriage counselor who is single and like giving all this advice they've never been married right and it was never been married yes
1: yes it wasn't like my spouse passed away deal it was like no i've not done that you don't know what
0: it's like to be married how can you honestly give me marital advice like it just it feels weird but um, and, and I should note, Pete Dammel reported that there have been significant roadblocks that have come into the discussion, hmm. like it just, there's a lot to overcome if Cal and Stanford are to join the ACC. What are your
1: expectations for Jaron Hall tonight?
0: Three drives at least, I hope, I hope I hope it's more, like I would love to see Jaron play an entire half and I, and I hope that that is, yeah, three or more drives. Just to see him. I bet
1: he will, dude. Because Nick Mullins uh, has some NFL experience. Yeah. I would think that Nick would come in first, and then Jaron would come in and, and play the rest of the game. I just
0: want to see Jaron play a full half.
1: Maybe they'll throw a fourth quarterback.
0: And hopefully that half includes more three or more drives.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to see a bunch of Jaron holding it. That'd be awesome.
0: I expect him to utilize his legs and for the commentators to be like, well, yeah. he's a dual threat guy. Like, I that's going to
1: happen. I would, although I want, don't want that stereotype per se. Like, just show me what you are, which Jaren Hall is an efficient passer who takes care of the ball, who can use his legs if he needs to at times. Like, he's more peak Russell Wilson-like sure. abilities. The Russell
0: Wilson comparison is fair.
1: Not from last year, but um, <laughs> other years, yes. <laughs> like, he has that potential to be like a Russell
0: Wilson. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Jaron totally. Compete.
1: Absolutely, I
0: will be dialed in for sure.
1: I hope he plays way more than Zach did.
0: Yeah, yeah. Zach didn't play. Zach rooms. didn't play. Zach only one. threw Three five passes. Drivers. I hope Jaron gets to throw ten plus passes. Please. Yeah. Up next, BYU men's basketball has a brand new director of strength and conditioning and sports science. It's Michael Davy. Why did he leave Giannis and the Bucks to come to Provo and BYU? Go. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B on this beautiful Thursday, August the 10th, alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We're 23 days away from BYU's first football game, but Not that far off from BYU men's basketball tipping off as well. They open up practice largely in late September. They have a brand-new basketball director of strength and conditioning and sports science, and he brings an amazing resume. Michael Davy is with us on BYU Sports Station. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Happy to be here. I had a couple of BYU fans last night say, hey, what the heck did Mark Pope and BYU say to this guy to lure him away from the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks to come to Provo? And I said, I'm talking to him tomorrow. I'll ask him. What, what was said and why was this the right fit for you now?
2: Um, Mark was great. Um, really highlighted the, the values of the program. Uh, I think it was multifactorial. I think personally with family. So I have five children that are all studying at BYU-Idaho. My wife is studying online at BYU. Um, I'm obviously a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Loved basketball and didn't really love the travel that much in the NBA. So the, the travel rig are really, really tough. And so I was looking forward to spend more time with family and with the kids. Um, but also still have an impact. So where can I share my skills, um, my knowledge? And uh, BYU seemed to be a great fit a great opportunity to express those skills um, and see what impact we can have. You mentioned on social media, uh, you have aspirations of a PhD,
1: you want to build an American muscle car, Uh have a social life, pickleballers beware. So those were influences as well?
2: (laughs) Yep, so pickleball started in the bubble, the NBA bubble in Orlando. We didn't really have much to do, so we taped up in the car park and the general manager and players would come down. So we just started playing pickleball every day. Uh, so that's where that started. Is Giannis good at pickleball? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Connaughton, he he's good at everything. Oh, Pat, Connaughton. Yeah, Pat I seems I see like he that. would be. Yeah, he's that annoying that. guy that's just good at everything. So yeah. you can, go away, Pat. You're just too good at everything. Go away. <laughs> that's uh, so that's where that started. The American Muscle Cars, uh, a Cobra 1965. Woo! want to build one. That's Have you goal. started, or that's the aspiration? I've been I've been talking to companies about you know bringing a board the, like, the kit cars. Um, I bought a house that's going to be able to fit that that plan, so I got things in motion. So that's the goal. So <laughs> that's let me great. be cr- cruising up to BYU in a Cobra six, sixty-five. Who is that? That's oh, yeah.
1: Michael Davy. <laughs> <laughs> pickleball champion, Michael Davy. <laughs>
0: okay, could, there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I want to ask one more question about pickleball because you are. You know, in strength and conditioning and you deal with injuries. Pickleball seems to be creating a lot of injuries, okay, in our society, Michael. So how how are you approaching this to stay healthy and, and become an elite pickleball player?
2: Well, I think uh I think there could be a career after basketball and pickleball maybe. I have to get more professional maybe. Well, let's go. <laughs> um, but I mean it's it's not a demanding as tennis, I would say. Uh it's a lot of fun. Um and I think you know it's one of those sports where uh, you got an older person on the other side. You're thinking I'm going to dominate because I'm young and fit, <laughs> and that's not always the case. If uh, they hit the ball past you, but uh, yeah, I think it's a great sport. It's super fun. It's, people pick it up really quick. Mm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting into that into you know, that side of things and just have a you know couple of days a week of social time. It'll now you great.
0: got time. Yeah, it's great. I got time. That's yes. Great.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, no, you don't. Uh, you're
2: heading to Italy and
1: Croatia with this group, right? Which is exciting. You've got uh, the Big 12. There are a lot of exciting
2: things. What are you most excited about about this new challenge with this new team? I think there's. I've been here about a week and a half. I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth. I think there's a lot of opportunities to get better. Um, I think uh, the players have been fantastic to work with. They're very open, very receptive. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to seeing the change that we can make from where they are now and where we can be in a year's time, two years time. Uh, these things do take time to implement. So I, I think about what we did in Milwaukee when I, we worked started there eight seasons ago. They weren't very good. Giannis was a skinny little kid, um, and then it took us a couple of years to get him to to be a very dominant player in the NBA. So I think there's. I'm excited about you know, that potential, what we can do with this team. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities there.
0: Outstanding. Michael Davy is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Elijah Bryant obviously has great love for BYU and BYU basketball fans and Mark Pope and this, that they love him, and you were with him in Milwaukee. What was it like to connect with him and have another member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with you in that NBA
2: organization? And Sam and Merrill. And Sam Merrill, yeah. a couple, actually. And we had uh, on staff, we had um, Craig, Craig Manning. Manning.
1: That's right.
2: So in that championship, year, there were four it's of a us. The crew! That's they cool. had a whole crew. they have actually got a great photo of the four of us on the court, on the side of the court before a finals game. It's really cool.
1: And then to the side of the locker room when the champagne was being.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had the goggles on, but there wasn't much champagne. Like a little, little sprite there. Yeah, yeah. you bet. At least I had some comrades together. Yeah. yeah, you're like, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm not alone. alone in this. Um, uh, I mean Elijah, the professional. You know, he's such a great kid, great young man. Um, had a really interesting story coming to us. Uh, the day he he came back to Milwaukee, kind of mid-season, uh, Israel got bombed, hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, my house is just under the, all those bombs there." I'm like, "What?" Wow. So we got him out of there just in time, and uh, and then to see him, you know, help the team be successful. Um, is, yeah, that bond is pretty special, right? Hmm. When you when you win a championship together. You, that team, that group has always got that special bond, so. It's cool. Um, but, I mean, Elijah's reached out a number of times over the past since then. Now that he's playing in Turkey and whatnot, um, hey, can you send me this program? Can you send me this? So They've always uh, stayed in touch. And he, he did reach out and just congratulated me for, you know, for being here, so. Mm. That's awesome.
1: Your title has uh, sports science in it as well. What, yes. what angle will that,
2: uh, what role will that play in what you do? So one of the opportunities I think with the program uh, is to bring in sports science technology. And the value of sports science is it uh, it's very informative about what, what we should do, what we should train, what's where are the areas that need to be developed? So is it body composition, is it their conditioning, is it their strength levels, is it their power output? So there's just a whole range of tools and technology that we can bring in to uh, assess players and determine where opportunities lie that we can tap into and, and make them better does uh, increased competition in the Big 12 merit a different approach uh, to the, the then WC's, say what
1: BYU was doing
2: I would say yes I think it the the more athletic the bigger uh, I have a number of colleagues that are strength coaches uh, in other teams um, so yeah I think they're the bigger and they're at more athletic more on par with kind of the G League maybe the, the NBA, um, but I mean the NBA. Those guys are big and they're strong and they're powerful, um, and you see that kind of drop down to the, the G League and yeah. I think college again. So how do we get him from from here and maybe make him a G League player to a to an NBA player? Uh, that's kind of the goal.
0: When you look at the program you want to fully implement at BYU, what do you feel like will be? the biggest difference early on that you can bring to this team that maybe they have not been doing in in recent years
2: uh, the use of sports science to help drive decision making but i think individualization so how can we you know someone like ali needs a total different program to dallin hall like one the little guard that had different characteristics with ali has totally different needs so being able to individualize for each guy to maximize the talents that they've bring to the program and how do we bring it out of them you know so so I think that's probably the biggest change and it's gonna take some time to get there because at the moment we're just trying to get to know the players and things like that but I think in time we're gonna be highly individualized uh, trying to maximize the talent of each each person
0: Wow an intriguing and a huge task for you and yep. BYU is super fortunate to have you just make sure there's time in there to work on your 65 Cobra <laughs> exactly <laughs> if we got that time we're good <laughs> Hey, again, welcome to BYU, Michael. Great thank to have you in the studio. And have fun in me.
1: Italy and Croatia next Oh. Week. That'll
2: be yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: much for not traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. But once we get this out, we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Very good. Thanks, Michael. Okay, thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a few of your thoughts about the potential reorganization of the Big 12 Conference. You want pods or divisions? This is BYU SN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Question of the day. How are you hoping the 16-team Big 12 in 2024 is organized and scheduled that season? Divisions, pods, east-west, what do you think? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated, comes in from Saturday's Warrior on X. Okay, That's a reference to an all-time (laughs) program. Yes, it is. A nose is a nose, Spence. Says, we should divide it by mascot. Each side should get a cougar, wildcat, mustachioed man in a cowboy hat, Horned creature and so on. <laughs> and what? Cosmo's Captain America! What? I knew I brought my shaker bottle with Captain America's insignia for a reason today.
1: Amazing. That is an amazing idea <laughs> to go by mass. <laughs>
0: a mustachioed man That's in a cowboy funny. hat. Wow, well done. The Red Raiders and the Cowboy. That's well, great. Yeah, well, well played. Also a fantastic handle, or just name on X, Saturday's Warrior. Today's Rise of Shout Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: To all the people affected by the fires uh, on the island of Maui. Oh my, my gosh, goodness, Oof. that looks terrible. We hope uh, you can be as safe as possible. A bunch of people have died so far. Very serious.
0: Uh, yeah, hoping that uh, things get better there in a hurry. Our thanks to today's guests, Malik Moore and Michael Davey. Sorry to Dennis. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shoutout to Roger Reed. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation back here in Studio B. Go Cougs.